everybody to another episode of the Portable Magic Dispenser, a podcast for your school library and any library really. And today I'm really excited to have librarian Ashley Hawkins joining us today. Ashley, thank you very much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. Um, as we discussed, I think we'll just start with if you want to, you know, say where you are in the world and what your role is in the world of um, in the world of libraries. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I am actually a campus librarian in Brooklyn. Um, what that means is I actually serve three high schools on a single campus, um, which are all served by my library. It's a thing that's very unique to New York City. Um, basically, it's because we broke our big high schools into a bunch of smaller high schools. And so, yeah, I, I serve multiple schools, um, but I'm also frequently known on the internet as the manga librarian. And so that's like something that I do. I provide collection development and reviews for people who are trying to create a manga collection in their school libraries or their public libraries as well. I don't differentiate, but yeah. I do sort of have a school library lens because that's where I am. Excellent. So I guess going back, um, back to the start, when did you, I guess, a, maybe discover manga or, dis- or feel like it was something you were really interested in? Because I can tell you're a fan of it as well. Yeah, so it actually goes back pretty far. Um, <laughs> so we're talking, it's actually, if we're talking manga, yeah. manga would have started about when I was in middle school. Because that's about when manga became available in print in the United States on a wide level. Right. Um, but I was into anime pretty early on. I have a lot of the a lot of very similar early tastes as other anime and manga fans, you know, Sailor Moon, Cardcaptor Sakura, um, and a big one for me was actually Vision of Escaflone. Um, These all kind of were broadcast on television in the United States. And so those were like really important to me. And then eventually you find out like, oh, a lot of these things were actually manga first. And I was a very big reader as a kid. Um, Like, I loved to read. And I wanted to read the source material for these things that I loved. So when manga became available, I would go and sit in bookstores and I would read it. And it was, it's been probably, um, I'm autistic and it's probably my primary uh, fixation. There are two like big fixations that I have as an autistic person. It's manga and it's cats. Right. And actually, like it comes together. I have an obsession with cat manga. Um, but yeah, um, it, I'm sorry. Like, I'm sorry for interrupting. Is that the what? I'm sorry, I had one off the top of my head. Sweet Home. Oh, I should know this. Something Sweet Home. Is oh, that a cat one? No. Uh, she's Sweet Home. Yes. She's Sweet Home. Yeah, right. that one's published by Kadansha. Nobody. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't need to interject with that, but anyway, I did just for some reason. Um, uh, I mean, that's interesting to me um, for a couple of reasons. One, um, I am also um, autistic, and I think my primary thing is, which I just kind of re-realized, is um, Dungeons and Dragons, which I don't shut up about on social media. But um, anyway, um, that's interesting because that you discovered it early. I my earliest memory. I'm, I was as well. I was kind of preparing for this interview. I think my earliest memory with that world was um, waiting to go to school. My mom would plunk me in. I grew up in Canada, 
and we had this we had like a we had no television we lived in the woods so there was no television reception so we they bought this um huge it looked like something off of star trek it was like a satellite dish it looked like a tractor beam off of a spaceship it was this huge thing and it got astro boy came on before i went to school and i had no clue and i i don't understand as you were speaking i was thinking how was i that zoned out because i was huge comic book fan but i never knew the history of i never or Never got into manga at all. There was none in my school. I didn't. I had a school library, but it was more of like a, just a, there was no one in it really running it. It was a mess. And um, but anyway, I think I would have been really into into it at that age. I think I've come to it later. I still don't consider myself a true fan. Unfortunately, um, I'm trying hard. I have a ton of manga in the library because I know the students like it, but. Um, why then, I guess jumping in, um, I know I'm all over the place, but why do you think manga is important to have in a school library? And I, and I will just share a quick story for and I will let you speak on this podcast. I know I asked you to, to come on. Um, when I first started, in the, when I came to the UK nine years ago, I, I had never worked in a school library before. I worked in the public library and manga, that was, it would have been like 2005, seven. And for whatever reason, the manga didn't move at all. Nobody borrowed it. The, the and I, and I didn't do anything with it. And just to be perfectly blunt, I didn't uh, engage with it very much. I didn't grow it. I don't know. I came here and I put on like a, a thing on my desk really early on. It just it was like a manual book recommendation, a little a nice little uh, neat little word document that I printed off with a table for for name of book. And that was it. Like the name of book. what books would you like the school library to to um, to purchase uh, this year? When I first joined, and someone took a like a marker and ruined it. Just wrote buy more manga manga all over it. And I, that class when I started to to because it had when I arrived here nine years ago, the school library had no had no manga at all. And then that's when I started to actually do some research. So jumping right back into it, why do you think it is important to have in a in a school library? I guess <laughs> or any library. Um, I think manga is important to have in a school library because it's an equity issue. Yeah. Um, so that's really my linchpin with this. So when I said I had to go to stores to read manga, I literally had to sit on the floor of a store because I couldn't afford to buy manga. Right. And most of my reading actually was done in my school and public library um, as a kid. But my school and public library didn't have manga. No. Uh, that just wasn't available. So if I wanted to read it, I had to sit in a store. And for me, as at that time, I was just, you know, young, white girl. Um, for most of high school, I was in a wheelchair. So I was like the most unthreatening yeah. possible person. But for my students, um, they don't have that identity. Right. Um, I work in Brooklyn. I work in a community called East Flatbush, and it is primarily Afro-Caribbean. Um, and for my students, if they were to go to the Barnes & Noble in downtown Brooklyn and try and do what I did and loiter for yeah. hours... Different story. They would get... Yeah. yeah. They would get harassed. Um, they could possibly like there are so many there are things that I've heard them say they've encountered in other spaces so I want them to have access I want them to be able to check out manga take it home and chill in bed chill on the couch 
read manga or chill in my library in a, in a space where you can feel safe and have access to this. And also I'm making sure that the mangaka, the creator of the manga is getting paid and getting credit for things. Cause the other thing that is a problem with manga is that it is heavily pirated. Yes. And it, it really hurts the creators in Japan. Right. Um, because, and they've said so um, multiple times, like this really hurts me. It actually prevents me from getting licensed because I, all my readership has already read my work and now mm. I can't get anybody to pick up my work or by the time my work gets discovered, it, it, there's all sorts of things that they say. And then there's also some of these people are still putting up things that are licensed and are being published yeah and it's like i'm losing sales i'm i'm having my work stolen and it's not even being accurately represented because some of these translations aren't very good so that's not being generated the i mean it's okay if you don't know this but is is the pirating being generated in japan or is it because it's being somehow brought over and translated somehow digitally in another country or do we not know so here's primarily what happens um what happens is the there are groups of scam leaders that's what they're called okay. um they get what are called raws yes. which are the raw scans okay. of the, the pages they can be now there's actually digital versions that are available or they could just be a scan of the manga magazine and then it goes through a process where they scan, they clean it up, and they add their own translations, which okay. oftentimes are like versions of machine translation. And some of these people, some of them may be actually really good translators. Yeah. Some of them might have a good handle on Japanese, but not a great handle on English. Okay. Some of them, they're making things up and creating actually like whole new levels of like wow. characterization and story I mean, just based off of their translation well obviously and then completely butchering someone's artistic work and not yeah, as you said um okay well that's interesting i i had no idea that i had no idea that was an issue it's completely ignorant of that <laughs> so i guess <laughs> building on building on that building on the uh, um things like that what other stereotypes do you uh, I guess experience or come across with manga maybe with patrons or, or, or students or parents and how do you approach those any of those stereotypes because there is a stereotype I'm sure that it's um, that they're, they're all either hyper violent or hyper over sexualized and things like that so here's the funny thing the people that I've had the biggest problem with um, combating stereotypes about manga with are librarians yeah um, yeah, I, I'm actually not too surprised. I've had some conversations with librarians who don't have manga in their library um, because of that. And I think they just don't, they're worried. They're scared that they're going to give a kid a book with, because it, it's easy to get, I guess, I don't know, to be kind of like tricked or not tricked, but like uh, lured into a false sense of security with a cover. And then inside, maybe it's a little more uh, adult or uh, graphic than you expected, maybe. Um, but is that the main is that so how do you then what do you do i guess to if you had to speak to a librarian like that what would you say to them in that situation so 
important thing to note is that manga is a format. It is not a genre. Right. So it does not encompass every single thing that is manga. Uh, yes, there are, there is manga that is very sexual. There is manga that is hyper violent. Um, and some of it's like extremely popular. Berserk is both a beautiful work of art that um, had a lot of dedication and artistry put into it. It also, the first chapter starts with rape. Um, it is incredibly, incredibly violent. Um, there's a lot of things that, you know, are not quite relevant for young adult audiences. Yeah. And that's just one piece of work that is that is a work that is produced for adult men in Japan. It's in an adult magazine. And then there are things that are very different. There are things that are highly artistic. There are things that are just for children. Um, it's just like graphic novels here in yeah. here in the West. Yeah. We can we have like a whole gamut of things. It's just like books. Um, right. We have books that are erotica. We have books yeah. that are hyper violent. Um, yeah. Formats. Every format has like a wide gamut of things that are available in it. So if you can start to look at manga as a format, and then start to identify, okay, there are the things that I want to purchase. And I just need to identify the things that are relevant to who it is I'm serving and being able to make those identifications. Okay. Interesting. So what would be, if I, I ran the stats today, we're still in, we're still in school. So we, we go to school till the 20th of July here, but uh, so it's a bit late. Um, we're all exhausted. And, but uh, running the stats, I can see that um, my most popular manga are, my Hero Academia, Full Metal Alchemist, One Piece, and probably Assassination Classroom. Does that track with yours, or do you have any others that you think are really popular for other librarians listening, or anybody interested in maybe, okay, I need to pick up this series or anything like that? That definitely tracks. Those are all kind of <laughs> Shonen Jump, majorly yeah. popular series. Um, the the one that has been like really big with my kids has been Demon Slayer Kimetsu no Yaiba. Oh, yeah. um, but also, I guess maybe this is what happens when you have like a super manga e librarian. Yeah. Um, <laughs> is some of the things that I get really into, they actually get an interest in. So, two of my most popular manga are Cat Massage Therapy. And um, I am a cat barista, right. and those are actually two very gentle reads. Nice. Um, so, cat cat massage therapy is about a group of cats that give massages to people and just kind of give <laughs> them healing. Love it. It's it's very cute. It's very gentle. Um, I am a cat barista is about um, a cat that has become anthropomorphized, yeah. and he opens up a cafe where he actually kind of solves people's problems with the concoctions he makes. So there's actually kind of this socio-emotional side to it. Um, I think my kids this year in particular have been very into like gentle reads. So that's been part of it. But also they see me reading it 
because I bring it in as I get it and I read it yeah. as I'm processing it because yeah. it takes me 15 minutes to read a manga. Right. Um, and then that kind of picks their interest already when they see me reading it and they're like, oh, miss, give me that. Mm. Um, yeah. But also, like, Isekai has been really big. Isekai, um, okay. Yeah. So Isekai being um, books about characters being transported into other worlds, usually fantasy worlds. Um, the time I got reincarnated as a slime was a really big one. And actually, my Dungeons and Dragons kids are the ones who like got really, really into it. And they actually have right. been transposing a lot of things from Isekai titles into our Dungeons and Dragons game. Nice. So. There is a, um, and I, I just blanked on the title, but there is a D&D manga that's based around cooking. What is the name of it? Oh, this is Delicious in Dungeon. <laughs> I don't I um I just got those in. I have not read them yet. So I don't know if, you know, I don't want to negatively say anything about it, but I don't know if it's, you know, good or will be popular, but um we'll see because I I'm going to I do the same. I try to read I'm probably I'm definitely not um going to read um I was going to ask you about this but I'm definitely not going to read um them all I, what I'll do is I'll read the first few to try to get a gist of it and I'm trying really hard to do that I I'm different with comics and graphic novels I'll I'll, I'll read them kind of voraciously um I like the sense of achievement as well and uh, a couple things here um for me having a big manga collection which I'm going to be obviously expanding more even uh, even more next year um, but it has brought in a tons of new faces and um, and students who are identifying you know as boys male students um, who maybe who would in the past have told me you know that they don't like to read or whatever is too boring they those are the ones that go there and are just pouring over these shelves and every day non-stop and they are I think manga is absolutely one of without a doubt I think manga and graphic novels would make up probably 40% of all the books that are being borrowed I mean do you are you finding that that it's bringing in new faces as well and maybe attracting those kids who don't maybe don't read that much or say they don't read uh, definitely okay. um, that's actually why my like I don't have any pushback from administration and I have no pushback really from sometimes staff will kind of say something and then they'll remember who I am. Um, yeah. But for the most part, I don't get too much pushback because I have the stats and we're starting to see the data because yeah. our kids are reading more. Mm -hmm. And also to be quite honest, I've gotten a lot of my manga readers can now move into light novel reading so as i've got them moved into light novel reading they're doing more prose reading yeah um and so they are starting to develop more of those reading and writing skills that come from reading prose more because there are all these benefits that come from reading graphic formats which we know there's research that shows that yeah but there are still benefits to reading prose. Yeah. So we're able to kind of combine those. And then we have the nonfiction titles that tie into it. So we have like cookbooks, we have other things that kind of tie in. And that has really started to get kids moving from around the library and seeing more and more. They still mostly check out manga and light novels and yeah. graphic novels, but 
they are starting to see themselves more as readers. Yes. So it's starting to change a bit of our a bit of our reading culture. Amazing. So that's like the main win is like kids now see themselves as readers. They see themselves primarily as manga readers, but they still say like I read something. I'm a reader. Yeah. And that's what we can do to get them into lifelong reading, which is really what we want. Exactly. No. And it's the sense of achievement as well that you mentioned is, and that I get from graphic novels, they get from manga as well. It's that sense of, I've completed this book or this, yeah, this book that, you know, like maybe they hadn't done so before. Uh, um, and the the manga kids for us are um, also the D, like a lot of the D&D kids um, as well. And that's cool that you run a D&D program. Are you, the, are you in charge of it as well? You do let students take over the D&D club and the uh, other clubs? I let them DM. Um, I actually like. I know it's off topic. I, I try to let things be as student run as possible. Yeah. So I ran things for a little bit, but they run primarily everything. Nice. And I just provide the materials and I provide guidance when things go haywire. Yeah. And if my DM is out, I'll DM. So I can step in in a pinch. It is amazing when the student because I had a, a just an awesome. Uh, I think she would have been 16 year old who ran our manga club after school and she was obsessed with it and she did all these cool activities and I've carried those on but um it was just great to have that presence because they were the the 11 we have ages 11 to 19 and the 11 year olds were looking up to this you know 16 year old who was just acting like a mini adult to them and it was so great and she was she was learning skills and they were, you know, they were doing all these cool events with her and uh, yeah, it was awesome. And I can't stress enough for me, um, if I know it's not for everyone can do it because of budgets, but I was able this year to bring in um, an illustrator and it made a huge difference. Um, not only did, you know, their work go through the, the roof, um, uh, just manga in general, new, new readers to the, to the genre, to have an illustrator come um, to the library um, are you, were you able to bring any authors or illustrators in to do anything, even virtually or anything like that? Um, we had a virtual author visit yeah. for our, actually for our GSA yeah. this year, and that, that was really great. Yeah, same. Um, we had one. It's so cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What, um, so I guess um, just maybe on an ending note, what would be, I guess you, you did talk about... Um, we talked about stereotypes and things like that, but if you were, if you were speaking to someone who, to give advice for anyone who is, I guess, on the fence about building a manga collection, a librarian, or even a school administrator, what would you say to them? I know you'd have tons of um, things ready to go, but uh, what would what would you what would you think would be the top thing you'd say to them about it? Um, it gets kids reading. Yeah, and that is and the thing is they're already reading it without you you're just bringing them into the space and giving them you know you're providing an avenue for them to express themselves as readers and then you're also tapping into something they love mm. and it's a huge community builder um like you said it it naturally clubs will build yeah. because they'll be in there and they'll be talking to each other and yeah. even if you don't want to have a manga and anime club you're gonna have one because they're already <laughs> there that's right so 
you you just will naturally pull kids in and that's what we want we want kids to be in our space we want kids to be in the library we want them to have access to books i don't know how anybody could ever have a problem with a kid reading a book and honestly these kids they read so many books yeah they they're checking out multiple books a night sometimes i have kids that see me when they come in for breakfast, when they come for lunch, and when they leave in the evening, they they're having manga as meals. Yeah. So. <laughs> yes, I've experienced that. The the, the three visitor uh, the three visitor child with the stacks of manga. <laughs> it's always manga when they come in <laughs> to do that. It's really cool. Um, that's amazing. It really this was really um, great to speak to you, and it was really enlightening for me. And I'll put. Um, all your uh, details uh, on the in the notes, but if you want to um, follow Ashley on um, social media, it's uh, manga underscore librarian on Twitter, and it's mangalibrarian.com for their website. Is there anything else you want to plug, promote? Um, we actually just did, um, I, I was just published in uh, Booklist, their oh, nice. graphic novel um, edition, and there's not just an article from me about manga collection collection development there's multiple librarians who are experts oh, on wow. manga who have published really wonderful things it's free you just go to the website um cool. and you can access all these really great tools it's all new they really focused on manga i think they they heard me complain last year <laughs> but right yeah they oh. they really focused on manga i think also it's just it's such a need from people that they really honed in so I, I really encourage you to read it if you're thinking yeah. about building a manga or graphic novel collection even I'll put so. the link to that in the podcast note thing and I'll promote that as well I've seen that it is really useful and the, what I meant to say to you before was that when I spoke to the other um, another librarian Melissa Corey about her reflections on ALA she um, um, I asked her just about highlights and it was immediately your name um, uh, your session on manga and what you spoke about and your, so it was really um, how enlightening it was and just like this conversation so thank you for uh, joining us this evening okay great thank you <laughs> thanks <laughs>